6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. So here's a question for you. Do you think the legal age to vote should be lowered? 780-496-0063. And I want you then to listen to this conversation that we're going to have. It's a question that has been asked many times, and now another push is on to have the legal voting age in Canada dropped. There's a group of young people suing the federal government, claiming that disenfranchisement of those of under 18 is unconstitutional. There's an NDP MP who introduced a private member's bill to lower the voting age to 16. The first reading in the House of Commons was completed late last year. And then a similar act to amend Canada's minimum voting age from 18 to 16 is currently at second reading in the Senate. Now, so far, there's been about 11 attempts to lower Canada's voting age since it was changed from 21 to 18. That happened back in 1970. And our next, and our next guest suggests that by doing so, it could strengthen our democracy. Christina clark Kazak is an associate professor at the University of Ottawa, the School of Public and international affairs. Christina, welcome to 630 Chad. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for joining us this afternoon. So are there other countries that have done this, other jurisdictions that are looking at it? Yeah, so there are several other countries that have already lowered um, their voting age. There's about 13 countries around the world, including Brazil, Ecuador, Austria, and then other jurisdictions like uh, Wales and Scotland. Um, and then in Canada, we have had conversations in certain provinces like PEI, as well as in certain municipalities. Any idea in those 13, like Brazil, Austria, Wales, Scotland, uh, that you mentioned, has, has there been um, quite a bit of engagement um, from those, you know, 16 to 18? Let's see, do, do you, any idea on those numbers? So, yeah, we, we do have research now because in some of those countries, the uh, age has been lowered now for uh, quite some time. Um, and the data indicates that um, in general, there is an uptick in voting, but mm-hmm. that voting uptick also continues. Um, so this is one of the main arguments is that you want to start young people getting engaged in the political process yeah. um, at an early age so that it becomes a habit and then they vote for life. Yeah, and that's one, one of the things I wanted to touch on because you laid out a number of points and, and fueling political engagement being one of them. So I was curious to know what has been seen in, in other countries and, and, and what we could possibly anticipate. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of us are, are looking at, at the voter turnout, whether it's at a municipal level, whether it's at a provincial level, whether it's at a federal level, wishing it would be much higher. Exactly. And if you look at the stats, in fact, uh, young adults uh, vote in very low numbers. And so that's why you have initiatives like Apathy is Boring and others that try to engage young people at the university level um, to go out and vote. And this was one of the disappointments in the recent federal election because Elections Canada did not um, have voting polls on university and college campuses across the country. And so the idea is if you start civic education early and you have access to voting earlier, like in high school, then um, that might continue on into young adulthood and then on into the later ages. I'm going to get to the question about, well, they're just not mature enough to do it uh, in a bit, but I wanted to touch on a couple other things first, all right? Uh, Christina, you know, you you suggest that youth are really, really affected right right now by today's pressing issues. 
Yeah, so if we think about climate change, for example, I mean, all of us are affected by climate change now, but it's the young people who are really going to be affected by the environmental degradation, you know, in the future when they're adults. And so, and that's why we have a lot of climate change activists who are young, who are under the age of 18, um, who are advocating uh, for changes now because they're aware that they want to have a future. Um, So, you know, this is one example um, also on racial justice issues. You know, if we think about Black Lives Matter, um, Every Child Matters, um, many of the people who are engaged in that are young people who are advocating for, for racial and social justice. Um, And so I think, um, you know, we have to consider young people as political actors now, but also in the future, and that the decisions that policymakers are making now um, have a disproportionate effect on children um, who are children now um, in the future. Yeah, and I think that we are seeing, or at least my eyes are open to it, uh, seeing more and more... teenagers young adults being becoming more uh active and being more um getting behind activism more i mean i don't remember that when i was in high school at all christina (laughs) yeah i mean i do think um we there you know i study young people's political participation so you know there have been historic moments where young people have been involved and in fact you mentioned earlier the lowering of the voting age in in 1970 that was partially driven by young activism in the 1960s um right so i I do think that we have moments in time Mm -hmm. where there's a constellation of factors you know so we're currently facing a pandemic uh, climate crisis racial justice issues you know all at the same time and so i think it galvanizes people to act um but yes i mean i I think if given an opportunity young people are politically conscious um, and we need to allow them to express that positively through uh, official channels um, and there is a risk if not that you know they're they're going to try to uh, find other ways of expressing that that might not be so positive so how would lowering it from 18 to 16 how would that align with some of those other age minimums that are out there um so this a, a very important point because you know any um, chronological age is is inherently arbitrary right so you know when someone turns 18 they don't just miraculously develop a political conscious from one day to the next so all of these age minimums are based on you know a, a social construction of what is or is not appropriate at different points in time and for me what's very concerning is that in Canada the age of criminal responsibility is 12. That means that someone at the age of 12 can be criminally charged for a crime and be held responsible. So that indicates that our society, our law, thinks that a child at the age of 12 has enough cognitive and moral um, development to be able to be held responsible for their actions. So it seems to me a contradiction to then say, but you have to wait until you're 18 to have enough knowledge uh. and responsibility to be able to choose who's you know, going to lead um, your particular um, constituency. So, Christina, I got to come to the one thing that I look at my text line right now. It's like, no, people shouldn't even be allowed to vote until you've had a job, until you paid taxes, maybe 25. They're not mature enough. They don't have the brains or the background or the experience to make these decisions. What do you say about that? I say that the same arguments were made about women 100 years ago before they got the vote. Um, You know, I think that there is a, a, a social construction and an ageist 
um, you know, assumptions within society. But I would also say that, you know, the right to vote is not a means-tested right. So, you know, adults don't have to pass the test. We don't have to know how our political system works. We don't have to demonstrate that we have the political knowledge. We're, we're automatically granted that vote. So if we start to say, you know, people have to know certain things before they're allowed to vote, that's going to dis- uh, disqualify a whole host of adults <laughs> as well as young people. Isn't that the truth? And what would make, then what would stop it then from maybe lowering it from 16 to 14, let's say? Right, exactly. And that's actually, um, you mentioned um, at the, in the introduction, um, the, the, um, the young people who are suing the federal government. What's interesting with that particular lawsuit is there is no minimum age that they're proposing. Mm. So with the two bills that are before um, the House of Commons and in the Senate, they're proposing to lower it from 18 to 16. Um, I, I mean, one could then say, you know, is 16 the right threshold? Should we be talking about 14 or 12 or even younger? Um, what I would say is that we need to uh, we need to align. I think the age of criminal responsibility either has to be made higher uh-huh. or we need to lower the voting age to the age of criminal responsibility uh-huh. because I, I think it's inherently contradictory to say uh, you can be charged with a crime you knew enough to be able to uh, be part of a criminal process, but you don't know enough to vote. It's a fascinating conversation and one that we're, uh, we, we certainly haven't heard the last of just yet. Christina, thanks for joining me this afternoon. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, take care. Have a great weekend. Christina Clark uh, Kazak joining us this afternoon. Should the voting age be lowered? One of the notes is uh, psychological research apparently suggests that young people have adult level cognitive capacity by age 16. And, you know, she makes a really great point that, um, you know, that that those under 18, you know, the the... the the pushback that those under 18 lack sufficient knowledge about politics and democracy. But I would suggest that I think there's a lot of adults as well when it comes to civic literacy, that maybe there's a lot of adults, there's a lot of us, you know, that, that don't have it as well.